There, we, when I was a kid, <laughs> we used to have this this uh, bloopers record. Yeah, you remember bloopers and they, before before there was a TV show with bloopers, they were on record. Do you remember that? Yes, I I, I thought they were the funniest freaking shit since sliced bread. I'm telling you. Kermit Schaefer's bloopers. Hey, yeah, wow, you, your memory is very good. And uh, there was a well, anyway, there was one where it was like it was one of those things where they interview kids. I don't know if it's supposed to be on Howdy Doody or one, a show like that or whatever. But the host guy says to the little boy, "Little boy, who do you, who who do you look like most? Your mommy or your daddy?" And the kid goes, "I don't look like my mommy or my daddy." I look like the mailman. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. That had, to be, that had to be staged, man. That's crazy. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, well, well, yeah, when I got older, I found out that some of the bloopers on Kermit Schaefer's bloopers records yeah. were, were reenactments. Oh, really? Aw. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That opens the door. That opens the door to some hoaxing. Yeah, exactly. You know, some made-up stuff. Yeah. That, the, the the mailman one. That sounds just too damn funny. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just can't tell. It was just after I found that out. It was just like it's hard to tell what really was and what really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't they also have like some uh, bloopers from uh, like sporting events and stuff like that where the announcer? Oh yeah. You know, loses his head and you know blurts out some obscenity or or a racial He's at the slur. 40, the thirty, the twenty. <laughs> Look at that son of a bitch run! <laughs> right, that was that's one a, of them. That was yeah. on a record we had. Yeah, definitely. Was it bleeped or not bleeped? I believe the one we had. I think the one we had. I don't know because some of it was and some of. I feel like some of it was and some of it wasn't, but. Yeah. I, I think I think we had Kermit Schaefer's uncensored bloopers. Oh, hey, see, be, be, yeah, you pay because an, I, I know they. You pay an extra fifty cents for that. You do. <laughs> I know that they had that. He said, "Look at that son of a bitch run," and and right. uh, there was one about uh, uh, it was like a, a radio station tonight's mystery artist. We can't tell you who it is, but we can tell you that she has two of the biggest tits in the country. What? <laughs> ah, right. Tits instead so of hits. I know, yes. Yeah, I know <laughs> there were some like that that were that weren't censored. I don't remember. I don't remember the f word being on the record because my mom wouldn't have liked that. Right. Well, she that, would. She would let us listen to it. Yeah. Even that would be. Even that. Even that would be bleeped on uh, the uncensored version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, it, and it know. may have been. It may have been. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember any of the other ones. I mean, there must have been fifty or sixty on this record, and I only remember a few. Right. That's There's amazing. One with an, right. What people found uh, hilarious back in the day. Yeah. Mm. Although some of it was pretty damn funny. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, you know, things have just kind of moved on to, you know, video bloopers and blunders and mm -hmm. bleeps and whatever else uh well you that know guy they made on. a tv series out of it for mm -hmm. 10 15 years with right. Dick clark until he shriveled up and died yeah yeah that's true there was another one on the record that was like uh, uh hey little boy what's the worst thing you've ever done i farted <laughs> <laughs> That I remember. Wow. You're, yeah. You yeah. must you must you must have played that record over and over and oh over my. again. 
because you don't know how many times we listen to it. Yeah, your memory of that is just too good. I mean, it's like completely ingrained. It's amazing how it, how it, listening to something over and over again it just it's in there forever oh yeah yeah well and you know when you're a kid you have all the time in the world now i i can't listen to something twice i buy a record i listen to it once and then i never listen to it again oh no yeah well that can happen <laughs> right. it can well it depends it depends on how much it it you know moves you emotionally speaking right yeah yeah i'm drinking iced coffee Oh, I'm drinking pineapple uh, East Siders cider. Holy cow! Wow. East East Siders made here in Austin. It's East Siders cider in pineapple. Yeah, it's delicious Good to the last little bit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> almost stole somebody else's catchphrase. Yeah, almost. Okay, we'll send a bill to uh, East Siders for that plug we just we did. We should. Yeah. I'd suck the bottom of the can up to the top to get the last drop of that stuff. <laughs> hey, man, that was that could be a catchphrase. I you know, you that's not a bad. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yep. You could shoot shoot it at the Rainbow Cattle Company. <laughs> I, I is that still there? I don't think it's still there. Is it? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think it is, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, um... Too, too many clubs in Austin disappearing for progress. Oh, it just Austin keeps changing. I, I, I'm i going to have to get over it, goddammit. Yeah, me too. I, just, I, I need to get over it. Right. It. I mean, it changes for the good in a lot of cases, but sometimes it changes for the not-so-good. Most of it's for the not-so-good, uh, but, you Unfortunately, know, okay. There are some good... I mean, certainly, I was thinking today, we have a lot of restaurants in Austin, and you can't have a lot of restaurants without a lot of people. Yeah. And there are some, you know, I mean, there are plenty of large cities, and we're not even a large city. We're, I would say, a medium-sized city. There are plenty of medium-sized cities that don't have a cool local bookstore or local record store, and we have at least one oh no we have more than one cool bookstore if you count all the kind of alternative underground ones and well, that's and, true. um same thing for and record I, stores and yeah and all the and all, yeah and all the half price books too right yeah yeah lots yeah. of places yeah well yeah lots of cool record stores and record stores that, that you know right. carry dvds and and uh and movies and there's all kind of alternative media that's not corporate owned is what you're saying yeah absolutely I gotta take one of the cans off of my ears so I can oh, hear. Oh, talking like a talking like a real <laughs> a radio person that who does voice work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, where would I put my cans, man? <laughs> right. That's funny. You know, I worked in radio a long time. I don't think I ever called them cans. I heard other guys call them that. I don't think I ever called them that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think necessarily anybody in radio does call them cans. It may just be. Oh yeah. People who do voice. So, oh, it's maybe it's just old school radio. Do you know that in radio, like, um, yeah, mainly old school radio guys call them that. Um, do you know that uh, um, uh, DJs or whatever we call ourselves jocks? Like disc jockeys. Yeah, but it's just jocks. It's just jocks. Yeah. 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 I've heard other I've heard other jocks call them cans. Oh, okay. <laughs> in sports, that's a whole different re- – in heterosexual men, that's a whole different reference. But in radio, that means you've heard other DJs talk about their headphones. <laughs> yes. Look at the cans on that jock. 
<laughs> must Context be, is everything. Yeah, m- must be a chick with a dick. Ah. <laughs> All right, let's do this thing. All right, man. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Keeping podcasts weird from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you Carolyn Wonderland, O. Henry, Marsha Ball, Michael Dell, The Green Mesquite, Alejandro Escobedo, and the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats. It's a slippery slope with the dazed and confused Mark Browner and Lodger. <laughs> I wanted to change it this week, too, with that basket of deplorables, Mark Browner and Lodger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Of, cor- uh, uh, of course, I'm glad I'm not... Uh, <laughs> I can't count myself among the, the, the numbers of basket of deplorables. I know, right? I know. Wow. <laughs> Does anyone really think they're part of the basket of deplorables? Well, um, there's, an easy, <laughs> there's an easy test you can take. <laughs> oh, are you going to tell us what it is? Or <laughs> oh, we- yeah, I am. Oh, okay. If, if anybody... If anybody comes up to you and says, do you think I'm deplorable? And you ask him these two questions. Do you think the president was born in the United States? And if they say no, well, that's one mark in, in that column. And then you ask him, do you think the president is a secret Muslim? And if they say yes, that's like, well, you know, that's pretty deplorable. <laughs> Wait a minute, I got a Google deplorable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think I yeah, saw I, think one of, I saw a meme about that. I can't remember yeah. what it said though. But yeah, definitely oh. if you had to google what deplorable means, you're you're probably in the basket of deplorables. Right. Yeah, I think it said something like, you know, uh, googling for the definition of deplorable went up 15,000% where white males were trying to determine if they qualified. <laughs> Yeah, I can believe that. Something like that. Uh-oh. We're, we're drifting into political waters here, so. I know, man. We got to get right. out of this because we don't want to do a show about the deplorables or no. anything related to right. politics if we can avoid it. Yeah. There's too many people already podcasting about that and talking about it on oh my God. Yeah. the radio, on the television, posting about it on yes. Facebook. Twitter, you name it, it's being covered, yep. so we don't need to be hashing that territory. Nope. nope. Well, we agreed to try and keep it uh, positive here on the show, and if we're going to keep it positive, we got to talk about fun things and things we like doing. Yes. Although I do like to, I do, see, I consider it keeping positive when I complain about TV shows and movies because I love doing that. <laughs> well, okay. No, that, that, that makes, makes complete sense. It makes me so happy. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I I have uh, no problem with that. I, I derive great pleasure, and I'm sure a lot of our listening audience derives great pleasure from hearing you bitch moan and complain about TV shows you hate. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, good, good, because there'll be a lot of it in the future. The the fall season's about to start, and uh, there are some shows coming on, and most of them I won't take the time to watch. But I was looking at, and I I posted something on Facebook on my personal page. I, I think you yeah. probably saw that was like uh, all these shows. I was just googling new shows and looking for stuff, and I was like, oh my god, all of these sound freaking horrible <laughs> yes i think <laughs> there's a lot of crap out there yeah i did read that post that you did so that was hilarious actually i was like oh no <laughs> if lodger said it you can probably take that to the bank Unlo- <laughs> unless you're a deplorable yes then then by all means tune in yes um, before we kind of I do think my favorite line of mine was uh sorry man no go ahead <laughs> i do think my favorite line of mine in that post was quantico more like quanta no <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so funny that you mentioned that because sierra started watching that on uh, uh netflix i believe from the beginning yep. So that's she's, what she said. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I haven't seen any of it, so I I have no opinion. I haven't <laughs> seen it either. I I posted about it because I thought it was a new show because I'd never heard of it. And she she posted on there that she had been watching it and that the new season this year would be the second season. And I was like, I can't uh, believe this show has been on already <laughs> for a year and is coming back. How does that happen? Wow. I don't know. Maybe if you know <laughs> if you had started watching it from the beginning, somehow it would have had a different effect. It just looked dreadful to you? <laughs> yeah, I was just going okay. by the blurbs online. Uh, like, if this is the best blurb someone can write about this show, whose job it is to market and promote this show, <laughs> it's really saying something. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like, I was definitely going to the um, the TV network's pages to find info on their new shows. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like somebody else's opinion of the show or somebody else's blurb about the show. It was, right. it was what the network was using to promote it. Wow, it was just their descriptions alone. You were like, uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, th- we talk about, uh, I know, right? Funny, we talk funny. about Chris... We talk about Chris Hardwick on the show a lot. Chris Hardwick is going to host this show that was, I think, created or produced by, I think, LeBron James. Maybe it's somebody else. And it's called The Wall. It has something to do with a ball and a wall. I don't know, but it looked god-awful. And I thought, my God, Hardwick, you've got At Midnight and Talking (laughs) Dead and a podcast. (laughs) You know, you don't have to be Seacrest, man. Just because Seacrest does it all doesn't mean you have to do it all. Seacrest has hosted some real shit, and Hardwick's getting close to to doing the same. Did you say that it had a wall and a ball? That sounds. I think it had a wall and a ball in it. Doesn't sound great? Fascinating. Oh my god, I gotta watch that. (laughs) Now I want to find the blurb and read it. You're going to force horrible. me to Google the ball and the wall, and oh my god, I'm doing it right now. You say some stuff while okay. uh, you promote what we're going to do later in the show or something. Well, actually, I wanted to uh, kind of reference back to uh, our last episode, uh, and so I have some oh, yeah, cor- yeah. some corrections and comments that I need to make. Uh, as you recall, we, we, had, we were talking about Ron Glass in uh, last week's episode, and uh, we couldn't remember what character that he played on the TV show Barney Miller, and the name yes. of the character was Harris. 
Detective Harris. Harris. Yes. Yeah. So I had I was oh. rack, racking my brain and uh, remember I had also mentioned that I just bumped into him at uh, an airport and I said it was Miami Airport. Completely wrong. It was Memphis Airport <laughs> that I bumped into Ron Glass and he didn't shake his head at me. He nodded his head at me. He nodded his head at me with a smug smile, silently saying, yeah, it's me. <laughs> That's uh, right. So, I'm that black guy from Barney Miller. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. He was also he also had that show Frank's Place and then of course we mentioned he was on Firefly. He played the preacher on Fly- Firefly. Do you know he was also in an all black version of The Odd Couple on TV for about a season? Oh, yeah. Was it him and <laughs> and Demond Wilson? From oh, uh, I think it was from Sanford, from Sanford and, Son. and Son. Yeah, Demond played you know, Oscar, I think it was. and of course Felix was played by Ron Glass. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. <laughs> right. Okay. And wow, cool. Yeah. So I, I I needed to clear those things up. And one more thing, we were talking about existence also, and I had suggested that existence predated the Matrix by ten years. Completely wrong. Matrix and Existence oh, yeah. came out in exactly the same year, 1999. So, 99. Yeah, hmm. so I just needed to clear okay. that up. And we also need to clear up, I think we we talked about it, and I'm sure this was probably something you wanted to mention. You know, we yeah. kept calling the Austin Film Society screening room yeah. the Marquesa, and I don't think it's called the Marquesa anymore. Because well, everything on their, mm-hmm. on their page says uh, Austin Film Society Theater. Oh, well, the, that's funny because the picture that you posted of the uh, marquee, it still was saying the Marquisa Theater and uh, Hall. So yeah. I, I guess they just haven't I mean, scraped the letters off yet on the, the marquee. Maybe so. Yeah, nothing on that I could find on Austin Film Society's webpage about the movies they show there and everything. It always just said Austin Film Society Theater, I think is what they call Austin Film Society's Cinema? screening room. Okay. Cinema. Yes. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. So maybe they don't call it the Marquesa anymore, but yeah, that's anyway. true. I think when I was looking for uh, you know the actual address of the place before we actually went there, I had you know Googled the Marquesa and it and a, something popped up about it and it, you know it mentioned it was closed and I was like, hmm, okay. And that was the, I guess the first clue that I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's just not called that anymore. Even though obviously signage still kind of states that it's just things haven't fully morphed yet well i think too there's no reason for them to spend money on changing the name on the sign right when it when it says austin film society on it um right exactly you know why waste money on that if you don't have to you know yeah it did so so here so here's the blurb about the wall man (laughs) okay all right god tell me if this doesn't sound like the worst thing you've ever Okay, the wall, packed with drama and action. This is a game that the entire family can root for together. Uh. Executive producer LeBron James presents a challenge infused (laughs) with, I'm not kidding here, challenge infused with the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, (laughs) where regular people can achieve their dreams with one bounce of the ball. Oh, my God. Hosted by comedian Chris Hardwick and set in a large, glossy arena centering on the colossal 40-foot wall. The gameplay involves quick thinking, shrewd strategy, and a little luck. 
played by contestant pairs. This is an unpredictable journey with giant swings of fortune and millions of dollars passing through the contestants' hands throughout the hour. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Welcome to Lowest Common Denominator Theater. I mean, who the fuck wrote that? Whoever wrote that should get kicked in the fucking balls. Wow. Talk about balls. Yes. The walls and Oh, what? I mean, it's just that's just the poorly, most poorly written piece of shit I've read this week. Wow. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Remember that, that? Remember the game show that Guy Fieri uh, hosted a few years back? Oh. It was just, you know, it was a, you know, you had to do all win these. Win it in a minute. A minute to win it. A minute to win it. Yes, it sounds like the same damn blurb, just recycled and adding the word wall to it. I guess so. <laughs> and oh Chris, man, I just Chris Hardwick. I just, yes. Yeah, shame on him. I, he, uh, he's, he'll burn in hell for this one. He's already sold his soul to the devil, obviously. Oh, but I, I just know. love a challenge infused with the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Wasn't that ABC Sports' slogan for like 40 years in the uh, 20th century? Yes. <gasps> yes, it was. Indeed it was. Really? Yeah. I got myself all worked up about it. I hate uh, it so much. Yeah, but you know, you know, the horrible thing about it is it's going to have huge ratings. For for <laughs> well, about you know. for about six months and then it's just gonna die and you'll never hear about it again. Right. I don't even think it'll go six months, man. I'm thinking six episodes. Uh, okay. <laughs> T- time will tell. It will. Okay. On to on to other things. Okay. Sounds um, good. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's get away from that. Please. Uh, also, also on last week's show, we were talking about what Linklater films I haven't seen. Right. Because this show is all about me. Yes, of um, course. And, and <laughs> so so tonight I Wikipedia'd Linklater's page and looked at the, the just the features. And of the features, the only one I haven't seen now is Suburbia. But wow. here was the cool thing. Yeah. All of a sudden there was a, a new film listed for next year coming out from mm. Linklater. Mm. And I'm like, what the fuck is this film? Because I hadn't heard a thing about it. So it's called Last Flag Flying. And uh, mm-hmm. it's – have you ever seen the movie? I have never seen it. I've, it's been on, and I've just never watched it. Have you ever seen the movie The Last Detail with – I think it's Jack Nicholson and maybe Bruce Dern. Mm. They're, they're in the Navy in the 70s, and they're taking a guy uh, are, are they, who's been arrested to prison. Oh, yeah. They're MPs. Yeah, I've seen that. It's been yeah, a while, I mean, and couldn't, I couldn't tell you the – the details other than what you've already just relayed right and it's i only know that because i read it they're taking some guy to be put in it said taking some guy to be put in in military prison uh for some minor infraction and they stop along the way and i think they go to a bar or maybe they go to a whorehouse i don't know exactly where they go they have a a wild night you know for this poor sap who's going to the brig Right, right. So this this um, movie is based on a book written by the same guy who wrote The Last Detail. Yeah. And the book is a sequel to The Last Detail. It's the same characters, but it's it's hmm. years later. And one of them, um, one of the guys calls his buddies to go with him to Iraq to get his son's body or something like that. Oh. Anyway, it's they're calling it they're calling it a spiritual sequel to the last detail oh um okay yeah. but it's written it's based on a book written by the same guy who wrote the book that the last detail was was based on so it's really a sequel it's not just a spiritual sequel okay. it's a real sequel right but it's um, just ha- anyway, happens to excited. take place yeah many years later so yeah that sounds interesting yeah i am um, and oh I, I had it up and i'd forgotten to 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 keep the page up i can't remember 
uh, who's in it now. There's some, uh, but it had some interesting casting, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a, this looks good. I'm, I'm ready. Oh, they're I'm, not. I can't wait for the next week how, later. How many years later is it taking place? Like twenty years later after the original mm. film, or? What? Well, it must be because the original film is from, I, I believe, like 70 or 72 or something. That sounds right. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Are, is it set in the Korean War or Vietnam War? Or do you know off the top of your head? I don't know. Do you remember? For some reason, I'm thinking it's Vietnam, but I, I could be completely wrong. Uh, well, that, that's what I was thinking because this one said it's about a guy – um, and one of the guys calls his friends to go with him to, to Iraq to pick up his son's body, uh, presumably his son who's died in the war in Iraq, which was in at the very earliest, probably the 80s, I guess, or 90s. Uh, uh, let's so it see. would have to be much later. When was Operation Desert Storm? Was wasn't that, that like 89? Bush 1 was president, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay, everybody wants some Richard Linklater's next movie. Brian Cranston. Steve Carell and Lawrence Fishburne, uh, a spiritual successor to 73's The Last Detail, directed by Hal Ashby with Jack Nicholson, Randy Quaid, and Otis Young. Yeah. Uh, two members of the Navy showing a third a good time while escorting him to prison for petty crime. Right. The sequel book was was written in published in 2005. Last Flag Flying catches up with the main trio later in life as Quaid's character. Presumably, Carell in this version requests his old friend's help in bringing home the body of his son who died in the Iraq War. Interesting. Or Iraq. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I'm in on anything Linklater does, but I was just excited to see that he's got a new movie coming out. Wow. I'm that's, like, wow. wow. That's going to be quite it's, a yeah. quite quite an interesting shift for uh, Linklater, I would say. Yeah. He, you know, he it, uh, because too, I think this is like, you know, he's only done a few movies that he hasn't written. Yeah. And he's only uh, and he's only done a few movies that he hasn't written. I can't think of anything he hasn't written that he's done that was based on a novel. Hmm. I mean, there is a couple things. The Scanner Darkly. Well, yeah. Possibly, I think Newton Boys. I th- wasn't Newton Boys supposedly based on fact though. Uh, I think so. Yeah. So anyway, huh. I'm excited about that. Okay, yeah, that could be really interesting seeing some a story like that, you know, filtered through a, a Linklater lens. Yeah. Yeah, of course it could be like uh, bad news bears, so we'll just have to see. Well, <laughs> you know. Well, the subject, sub- yeah, the subject matter here is uh, quite a bit different than <laughs> bad news bears, so let's let's hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always do, and and he rarely disappoints. Even his worst movies are worth watching. I'd still sit down and watch Bad News Bears again if oh, yeah. if somebody was like, "Let's watch it," I'd be like, "Okay." Um, anyway, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? Yes. Hey, well, we, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we we had a great weekend this past weekend. Well, we did. Uh, well, definitely uh, Saturday. Yeah. We usually start off talking about what we did, but we kind of goofed around and start talking yeah. about other stuff. But, yeah, that's um, true. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I We went to um, Spider House. Yeah, the Spider House we, Ballroom they, again. Again. Mm-hmm. I know people are going to think we go there all the time. I haven't <laughs> been there I've been there like what? Have we been there twice in the last month or so? Yeah, I feel like it's three times, but right. it's, I think it's twice. And um, and you know, before that, I don't think I'd been there for two or three years. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah I hadn't been there in cool a while myself. Pro- I've probably been there more recently than you before. Still, it'd been a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the last time I was there, did you go with me when um uh Kevin Attic's uh 
band uh, literature played? Did you go to that show with me? No, I, I never. I never went to that show. I don't think I've ever seen literature perform live. Wait a minute, because I I got a, a CD. Uh, oh, that's of, right, you of, did. You of were his there. Arab Spring. So obviously, I must have been there. I just didn't. You re- were there. I just didn't remember it being at the uh, Spider House Ballroom, but I guess it was. Yeah, I stand it was, corrected. And I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who played with them or anything else about that show, uh, no. other than I know we had a good time and and enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and that reminds me, not to change the subject, but um, literature uh, has a third album coming out they're working on right now. Uh, Kevin posted today that one of their songs from one of their first two albums is going to be on Degrassi, and I didn't even know Degrassi was still being produced. Oh. <laughs> What is it like uh, it, Degrassi, the next generation or something? I, I guess so. I don't know anything. I, sh- I meant to Google it today and I didn't have a chance. Right. I don't I felt like a, I felt like, oh, God, I'm old. I'm like, is Degrassi still a thing? I didn't <laughs> even know it was still a thing, man. Yeah, it was. But apparently well, it, one of their songs. Yeah, it was rebooted. I think originally it was like Degrassi Junior High and then now the whatever the new Degrassi thing is. It's a high school thing, I guess, isn't it? I have no idea. I don't know, man. Um, I don't, I, I I don't keep up with yeah, that. I know. We're old. Mm. We're old. And I, right. I do keep up with some things that younger people keep up with, but uh, Degrassi is not one of them. So <laughs> right. I don't know. But anyway, one of their I, – I would think that as – you know, they're a um, – they've been around, and they're on a major underground record label. They're like on a major alternative record label, and I think it's Slumberland Records is, is the, the record label they're on. Yeah, um, I but think I, I, yeah, I went I, to uh, Bandcamp, the website. And uh, was listening mm-hmm. to some of their stuff, and yeah, and I think it was what you said, Slumberland. Slumberland Records, which is yeah. you know, which is a pretty well-respected alternative label, and um, okay, they so I'm sure for them to be on a a, a a television show that's I don't know, I don't even know what network Degrassi is on now, if or if it's an online thing, but I mean, it's that seems like a pretty major to do. Yeah, it is. I mean, it certainly is uh, a different generation of listeners, but, you know, uh, literature's music is very upbeat and poppy, so I I can see where that would fit in very well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to, you know, they're working on, like I said, they're working on a new record. Um, I'm excited to hear it. Kevin, as we've talked about before on the show, he's also in a band called Mercury Girls. I've heard a couple of their songs that I really like. Um, and he toured with another band in England recently, and God damn it, I don't remember their name. Oh, he, wow. You know, huh. he, just, he just used to be this guy that would come on Lube TV every once in a while, this cute little high school kid, and now he's a major right. alternative rock star. Yeah. I feel – it makes me feel hip and cool. Yeah. All <laughs> <laughs> right. I've only known him as Kevin in the Dirty City, but then you corrected me and said he was in a band called the Dirty City, so that's why he was called well, Kevin in the Dirty City. and that's why we City. called him that. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. why we called him that. Yeah, it took so, it took um, over um, ten years for me to realize that that was the case. What did you think his real last name was in the Dirty City? No, or? I just thought that that was his nickname. <laughs> well, it was, but yeah, but okay. it was based on a band he was in. Right, yeah. but it doesn't. Qu- we, it's we, not quite apropos anymore. He's now, you know, Kevin Literature. Yeah. Kev- <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. I guess. So. Yeah, Kevin Literature or whatever other band he's in that we don't know the name of. <laughs> um, but, uh, and that now, reminds me, too. I think um, Mercury Girls are coming to Austin, and they're coming in October, and they're coming at a time when I'm like a day – they're coming the day before the Troy Sivan show. And I'm like, oh. my God, I've got two Troy Sivan shows in a row. I don't know if I can make – and I think they're coming to Mohawk. I'm um, like, I don't know if I can plug all of that into a weekend. I've got to go pick up people in Houston to go to the Troy Savant show. I got yeah. a lot going on that weekend, but I, I would love to go out and see them play. Right. It's, it's probably best not to try to uh, bog yourself down because you'll, you'll just end up burning out and not enjoying anything. I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we can't that have can that. Happen. Oh, also, Troy Savant's almost nudes leaked this week. It was a good week. Um, uh, yeah, I think I saw you <laughs> posted something, and so, yeah, you seem to be quite uh, happy about that, so there you go. <laughs> well, I'm hoping there's more to come, no pun intended, because, oh. um, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a fine-looking young man, and, uh, and the, certainly the one almost nude um, that leaked that I saw was quite um, nice to look at. <laughs> Okay. 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 Wow. Let's get back to let's get back to the Bowie night at yes. um, Spider House. Right. We we really slid down a slippery slope there. So now we're trying to climb back up to what we did Saturday night at the Spider House ballroom. I slid all the way down to Choice of Ons almost nudes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, we did. So. It was called Moon Age Daydream. Two. Two. That's right. Because supposedly they did one last. Well, not supposedly. They did one last year. I just. <laughs> Didn't I don't remember seeing anything about it, but I've heard conspiracy theories that mentioned that they had done one before. <laughs> no, they did. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so they yeah they had a great DJ who played Bowie and Bowie um, re- related songs. Yes, similar um, styles, which mm-hmm. is the. One of the greatest things about if you were a DJ, I've always wanted to do a Bowie night as a DJ somewhere. Sure. Because you can play almost anything. You can make a connection from Bowie to almost any other band out there. Yeah, I can see that. They've either been inspired by it or he was inspired by them or they did the same genre that he did at some point in his career. Or I mean, you could play... I mean, you know, you can't play polka, I guess, but you could play. Almost, <laughs> you might. You could play almost. If you he, might. If you went back to his I laughing mean, gnome days, you could almost tie some well, of those songs to well, some polkas. That's true, and he spent time in Germany, where polka is very big. So oh, the whole see. Berlin trilogy, he must have heard polka music while he was there. I mean, sure. you could just play any song. Well, whatever the DJ's <laughs> yes. name, they had a female DJ, and I can't remember her name. Um, but she was great. She played she some great stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it definitely set the tone for the entire evening. You know, while everything, I think so too. yeah, while the uh, early stuff was going on, while you know people were filtering in, they had the glam face painting booth, which was kind of cool. While we were yes, walking, yes, you in. got your face painted. I got my face painted. I got my my beard all glittered up, and a gold triangle <laughs> on my forehead, and some yeah. and and some drawn in cheekbones. So yeah, always good. <laughs> yes, always good. They had a they had a photo booth, but we we didn't use the photo booth. Of course, you we know we just took some pictures on our own. Yeah, right. When everybody has a you know camera in their pocket, do you really need a photo booth? Yeah, maybe. I maybe think not. it was fun that they kind of did it so because then they could post the pictures online later, which was cool. And right. it was a pretty professional setup with lights and and backdrops yeah. and 
Sure. You know, after I saw some of the pictures, I was like, damn, we should have done that. Yeah, I know. It, it made for good publicity for them and, uh, you know, yeah. yeah, and very professionally done photographs because the one that we, ones that we saw online were really nice. They really looked good. That's true. Yeah, I really was like, oh, I wish we'd got up there and gotten our picture taken because yeah. th- there was nice lighting and everyone looked good and, and, and fun. And, and um, yeah, anyway, we, exactly. we, I took some pictures that I really liked, though, so some right. pictures of you getting made up and, and oh, this yeah. and that. Yeah, um, that was good. But the so. big uh, highlight of the night was definitely the band. The band for sure. Absolutely. Super Creeps. Amazing. Yes. Super Amazing. Creeps. If our audience hadn't already figured it out, it was a David Bowie tribute band. <laughs> right? Yes. They played all Bowie, and they played it amazingly. The oh. super good band. Oh, yeah. I, I mean – I, so I, I wrote down some of the songs because I was so amazed at some of the songs right. they did. I can't remember what the first song was, though. It, it's killing me. I was like, what did they do for the first song? Because oh. I because after the first song, they which was one of the more popular Bowie songs, and I can't remember what it was now. Uh, then they went in and did Beauty and the Beast off Heroes, and I was like, oh, my God, Beauty and the Beast. And they did Golden Years, and they did right. Life on Mars, mm-hmm. and they did um, – they did Ashes to Ashes, and then they did, an, uh, they did. A, a version of Space Oddity where everyone was singing along. Absolutely. Oh, that was, audience that was partici- so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, audience participation was at an all-time high for sure. And they played, what, two hour-and-a-half sets? Maybe more? Maybe more, yeah. Yeah, Just, so the, at yeah. least for th- three or four hours of playing with one break in between where they had a glam costume contest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, and, the the Space Oddity thing was a big highlight for me cuz it just was that that wonderful feeling of community of the song and it's you know, I heard yeah. Space Oddity on the radio about a week ago just randomly mm-hmm. on one of the stations here in town right. uh, and I was like I still don't believe Bowie's gone sometimes. And it was just like, True. this song is so fucking good. It's such a great song. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like this really his first big hit song. And True. I don't know. It just, it, it just, you know, when you really listen, I, I guess part of it was I hadn't listened to it for a long time. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard it so many times that I don't come home and just put on Space Oddity because it's it's etched in my head. I've heard it a thousand times. True. But but just hearing it randomly on the radio, it, it was it, and it just I was like, oh my god, I'd forgotten how great it was. Yeah, it transcends space and time and popular among the many generations of people. So yeah. Oh yeah, people still discover that song and. Um, you know, I know young people discover that song all the time and fall in love with it. It's just one of those songs that is going to be around forever. As long as there's electricity, people will know the song Space Oddity. Right. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's just a great, 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 great song. And one of those songs, too, that, you know, when I was a kid and I liked Bowie and I was in high school, um, you know, not too many Bowie fans went to my high school in Texas. Um <laughs> But uh, everyone had heard Space Oddity, although most people called it Major Tom. Oh, you know, even the even the people that I didn't get along with that that kind of shunned me and hated me knew what Space Oddity was. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I think it. Uh, yeah, it crossed a lot of barriers. Was a amazing song. True. Yeah. Um, and then they did Heroes. Mm-hmm. 
which was great, and they did it wonderfully. And then they yeah. ended with Let's Dance. Yeah, they got to the more is, more popular uh, songs yeah, from the yeah. 80s, right? Um, yeah, Let's Dance is my least one of my least favorite Bowie songs. Uh, and again, mainly because it's just been played to death. Well, um, yeah. But, you know, it, they it, played it perfectly. It was fun. Sure, yeah. There, there was no song that they performed that wasn't wonderfully done. Whether you know oh, whether were, yeah. you whether you liked it particularly or not, you know you had to admit that it was it was done very well. Oh, amazingly! Right, and then yeah, and then they did a couple of songs that you just almost never hear. Um, they did "Stay" off of "Station to Station," which is one of my all-time favorite songs. That's one of those songs right. that I had "Station to Station" for years, mm-hmm. and I must have had. It wasn't until like ten years ago I was listening to it, and "Stay" came on, and I was like. This is a fucking amazing song. Right. It's so good. It's got such an intense groove. It's one of my favorite Bowie songs now. And they again did it perfectly because everything they did, they did perfectly. Right. And um, well, and then they started. Usually, a cover band, they're just going to be playing like ones that everybody's heard a thousand times. So it's very refreshing, right, to see a tribute band perform songs that are somewhat obscure to the average listener. Right for the fans, for the yeah. real fans, man. Well, there you go. And uh, and they said they started the second set off with "Rock and Roll with Me" from Diamond Dogs, another song you just don't hear that they did amazingly. I was just so impressed with them. I I, I immediately friended them on Facebook. I, I I can't wait. I don't think they play very often, and my God, I don't know how long I can wait to see and hear them again because hmm. it was just like it was like the second best thing to being at a Bowie show that I've that I've ever experienced. I loved every second of it. There was such a great, and there, you know, there wasn't a big crowd there. There was maybe a hundred people there, but just a nice gathering of Bowie fans. And it just, it just was so fun. Yeah. I had the best time. It's probably one of the best times I've had out in Austin. Certainly the best time I've had out in Austin in, in years, um, since I first got here. So yeah, it it was a good time. And, um, Interesting. And, and then uh, well, we I, recognized one of the members of the band. Exactly right. I was about to say, I don't know who the lead singer guy was, but I think he did a great job. But there was pers- one person that we did recognize, and that was the saxophone player and backup vocal, Leela Henley. Leela Henley, yes. who we knew from when we went to see Poon. She's the leader of Poon, the Ween tribute band. So it was very amazing to see her there and not wearing coveralls. She was actually wearing a dress <laughs> and looking... Not in a jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah, she looked a lot more sexy than when she was wearing her, her coveralls when she was playing with Poon. So anyway, here's a shout yeah. out to Leela Henley. Excellent show. We had a great time. Oh, You're great. so good. Yes. You play that saxophone her, great, and your voice her, is terrific. Yeah, oh, my amazing voice, amazing. And, and yeah, oh, God, when she played the uh, – they did Changes, and she played the uh, – was it Changes they did? I think so. And she played the saxophone bit at the end. Yes. Oh, chills went up and down my spine. <laughs> I mean, it sounded like the record. It was so good. And, right. and yeah, she – and so then the, the lead singer guy, I think his name is Adam, but I could be wrong. But okay. I had this crazy – I had this crazy thing because – I was just like, man, he was so good. And he, he really, you know, I, I was like, he, he looks really familiar. I, I was like, how do I know that guy? Uh-huh. And then the next day I was on Facebook and at cheer up Charlie's, they had some, uh, something going on there for, um, Agliff, the Austin gay and lesbian film festival. 
Yeah. And a guy named John Cameron Mitchell is, was in town for part of that. And he's the guy who created and starred in the movie Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yeah. And um, interesting. And, uh, he looks he looks very similar to the guy who fronts uh, Super Creeps. And I was like, oh. I, you know, for a while I was convincing myself that that was John Cameron Mitchell from oh. Super Creeps. Wow. I just got it in my mind that, oh, my God, maybe he came into town. And, and you know, I had this whole scenario playing out in my head. And, and then, you know, and I, I was I think I was laying in bed kind of half asleep thinking about it going. And by the end of it, I had convinced myself that it was John Cameron Mitchell. Wow. <laughs> and so. I had to get online and look on Facebook and I'm like, nope, that's the guy. And they, and I think his name is Adam. And, okay. you know, cause I was like, wow, there were seven people in the band. That's a lot. Maybe it's usually a six piece, but mm. they had a special guest and they didn't say who it was. And we, we didn't even snap, but anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. That'd be funny. It, uh, it, well, yeah. I, I can see where you would maybe come to that conclusion or it, it kind of got into your brain that maybe that was John Cameron Mitchell. Because, you know, when they came out for their second set after the costume contest, he was wearing nothing but uh, basically uh, silk panties and garters and uh, stockings. A coat, yeah. And a coat. <laughs> and a coat, basically, yeah. Yeah, oh, like a— was wearing a, pants. Like a woman's dressing gown. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was the other thing that I was like, yeah, he dressed— he dressed like that, and I, in my mind, I kept thinking, and they said, "Oh, John's gonna come out, and maybe he'll take his pants off or something." But it wasn't. It was Adam. I'm sure they called him <laughs> Adam. So anyway, it was funny okay. because he also had makeup on, and right. he just has the same kind of build and facial structure. And anyway, I convinced myself of it for a while until I got online and and debunked my own. Um, okay. Well, my own hoax. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I, I could see where you could maybe have made that mistake, you know, for at least for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah half asleep the next morning anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, it, was, it was anyway, a great show. And, and don't forget fantastic. Crazy. Don't forget Crazy Debbie was there. Oh, my God. <laughs> a, a nice a nice person, but a crazy person. Crazy Debbie was there yeah. with her husband or boyfriend or something. And I think I you, don't know. you were talking to her before I was getting some drinks and you were talking to her and y'all were – you're commenting about her t-shirt and i was like huh okay and it was, it was like some wording on the t-shirt and uh, i couldn't make out what it said and i thought y'all said the t-shirt said rape me and i was like and so i walked up to her and i said oh is that a reference to uh, nirvana your t-shirt rape me she's like it's not rape me it's i can't well, i can't remember what it said <laughs> ride me oh yeah well <laughs> ride me okay yeah. it's a little yeah. less violent it was a, it was a, okay yeah Good. it was a motorcycle place t-shirt right but i can't so. remember how it all came up anyway she, she said something about it i don't know i'm the one that started a conversation with her because i looked at her and she looked super familiar oh um, but, okay but then she started talking to you and me and i was like oh she's crazy <laughs> she's crazy <laughs> debbie or something it's crazy. Maybe, maybe she was just drunk or something but oh, yeah. i was like she was and she she wasn't crazy in too bad of a way, only slightly right. annoying. <laughs> she she was she was obsessing about uh, that she wanted to go to a Queen and Bowie concert. That was her dream concert. Oh, that was her dream concert. Yeah, yes, yeah. And, I'm like, and, yeah, and made sure everybody in the room knew it. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. But and anyway. we didn't even say our, our friend Trish was with us as well. Trisha Dish was there with us. Yes, Trish um, was with us. She had she had a great time. 
along with us as well. So, yeah. Yeah, we just had a really good time hanging out. And, Definitely. And I can't wait for Super Creeps to play again. Anytime anyone knows they're playing, let me know. Right. I've friended them on Facebook so I can see when they play again because I'm going. I don't care. <laughs> I will okay. go. Yes. I will go to see them. And this time we can bring Sierra along with us. She didn't go with us uh, on Saturday oh, yeah. night to see Super Creeps. Well. No, she had gone to a uh, a party with some <laughs> yeah. friends of hers, a bunko party. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. Did, I can't remember. Did you know? Did you know that that's a thing again? Bunko parties? <laughs> well, only only because I know Sierra and she told me about it. <laughs> right. So that's I, uh, that's crazy. I've yeah. never heard of Bunko, man. Yeah, for our listeners out there and for your benefit, Lodger, it's a, some sort of a dice game. I think the object of the game is to roll the dice and get as many sixes as you can. And that's about as much as I know. And I think you can win either prizes or some people throw in money and, you know, you can walk away. You know, you throw in five bucks and... By the end of the night, you can walk away with a whopping ten bucks or something. Wow. I don't, I, I don't know how it works, but anyway, I think it's uh, it's a thing. I remember my mom going to bunko parties when I was a little kid. So it's like, is this having a resurgence or something? Or maybe it never died. It's just been some kind of underground chick thing for decades and decades. <laughs> It's kind of like the uh, kind well, of like the Freemasons or something. I don't know, man. Right. It's, there's some scary shit going on. I don't know what it is. Some bunko shit. Well, you know, you know things like that ebb and flow. You know, they come back. Everything old is new again, and they it'll well, come back. And yeah. But it sound I'm dying to find out more about it. I'd love to go to a bunko party and <laughs> and just see what it's all about. I think it would be so much fun. It sounds fun. Um. If you don't know the don't, the secret, if you don't know the secret handshake, you can't go. I'm sorry. They won't let you in, man. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think bummer, so. bummer. <laughs> maybe Sierra. Well, you know, now I know someone who knows oh, someone, so maybe Sierra can get me in. Right. I think that's the thing, right? It's like the Masons. You got to know someone who knows someone to get in. Yeah. Someone's got to sponsor you. Yes. <laughs> I think uh, the, there's like a they got a secret password. It's like Procol Harum or something like that. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's the best secret password ever because everyone should be able to remember it if you're over, what, 40? Yeah. Yes, probably. <laughs> I mean, does anyone under 40 know who Procol Harum is? Uh, oh, I don't know. Man. Unless there's somebody who, you know, ran across some old uh, KTEL records somewhere and listened to them. Right. <laughs> I mean, I only know it because the whiter shade of pale was on the um, on the soundtrack to that movie where everybody's friend, their high their college friend dies. Oh, my God. What is that movie called? Kevin Costner paid the, played the corpse and he got cut out of the movie and oh wow. it's got Glenn Close in it and their friend it, they're all college friends and their friend dies yeah Glenn Close and Kevin Klein and right one Mary of the Kay most, Place one of the most famous movies of the eighties are you fucking with me or do you know what I'm talking about no I know what you're talking about <laughs> right yes I. Uh... Uh, it's sure, like, Lodger, sure. It's like what the, what the Four Seasons was in the seventies. This movie was in the eighties. It's yes, and it was a ripoff of Sakaka Seven. Okay. What the fuck is that movie called? God damn it! Now I gotta Google it. <laughs> okay. Mark Browner. I called you by my name. That's how fucking mad I am. <laughs> where is where is? Oh no. We're just doomed never to know the answer. We're going to know the answer, man. Yeah, and, I'm on it. And this movie was well known because of its its you know very full uh, soundtrack. 
you know, lots yes, of uh, yes, a popular... wider shade of pale by by um, Procol Harum and um, mm-hmm. the Four Seasons and the Four Tops and everybody else. And oh heard God, it through I've the grapevine and uh, who knows? Oh my what God! Else. Okay, I found it. I found it. <laughs> okay, we're gonna kill ourselves or we kick are. ourselves. I'm mad at myself. The big chill. Uh, of course. God. The big chill, man. man. I'm gonna have um, to. I'm gonna have to cut out at least half of our hemming and hawing. That was <laughs> way know. too much hemming and hawing. Oh, <laughs> uh, but if you leave it in, they'll understand my frustration at my brain not being able right. to to go through all the files in my head and come up with big the big chill. Yeah, we were a couple of Ralph um, Cramdens going ah, hamana 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 hamana. Okay, whatever. Anyway, what was the point? Oh, Procol Harum. Yes, the secret password uh-huh. to get into a bunko party is Procol Harum. Yeah. If you're our age, you'll remember that from the from the big chill. That was my point. Damn. Although was that when a... I was a kid, my mom did mm-hmm. did have the forty five of Conquistador. Oh well, Conquistador in search of gold. Wow, I I thought Which first I thought song. that was a a Tijuana brass record or something. Herb, Herb <laughs> Alpert and Tijuana brass, but no, not quite. No, it's it's Procol Harum, man. Oh, man. okay, great. Wow, great. yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we got real. We really went down a slippery slope. Oh there. my God! Yeah, uh, that that was how a, did that was Bunko a, get mm-hmm. us to a wider shed to the big chill from Bunko to the big chill? <laughs> it's all Procol Harum's fault. <laughs> I bet no one from that band is still alive. <laughs> um, nope, maybe uh, not. They all, they all died. Did all you right, know? Anyway. I, actually, I heard them perform uh, in the late '80s at uh, Auditorium Shores. It was like um, I think it was Procol Harum, Tiny Tim, and the headliner was Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, what kind of a crazy? show was that? It was it was one of those. Fr- it was a free concert. At, oh, it had uh, to be, man. <laughs> yeah, that was such a strange bill. Yeah, Procol Harum, Tiny Tim, and Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, I think Tiny Tim opened. Obviously, he was a, warming up the crowd, and he actually he was probably the oh. best. He was the best performance of of everybody playing that day, which was amazing because oh. he played to the audience completely and was just loved by. And Jerry Lee Lewis was the most unloved because he was surly and angry and did a very very short set. Oh well, you know that's what you want from Jerry Lee Lewis. You want him surly and angry. <laughs> well, that's he's true. No, he's no good otherwise. <laughs> well, okay, I see oh. your point. But he played for maybe twenty minutes. It was sad. Well, he thought it was fifty in his mind. I'm sure it oh. seemed like fifty minutes to him. He's well, an old man then. He's an old man now. Hell yeah, time is time was flying, flying by. But this was, you know, that was twenty years ago. Yeah, more than yeah, twenty years 30 ago. Maybe. Yeah, because uh, I've known the... you a long time, mm-hmm. Mark Browner, and you've never told me that you saw Tiny Tim live, or or you've never told me when I was sober that you saw Tiny Tim. I know. Live. Well, just sometimes. Wow. Uh, well, it's only because wow. we 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 brought up Procol Harum, and then I realized, oh yeah, I've seen them perform. Oh yeah, with Tiny Tim. Oh yeah, with Jerry Lee Lewis. Wow. Did Tiny Tim sing "Tiptoe Through the Tulips"? Of course he did. That was his. That was his. Oh. You know. Grand conclusion of his set. It's awesome. Oh, if I could only go back in time, how awesome would that be? I uh, wouldn't have appreciated it then, though. You know, the funny thing I was, 
at first I you know I was making light of it when he but then by the end of his set I was like holy shit this guy's great he <laughs> he completely turned the audience on it was amazing a true consummate performer wow what a great opportunity uh, yeah that's just one of those things not many people I bet can say I saw Tiny Tim live that's yeah yeah that's one of those things that so many people now would give their eye teeth to be able to say because oh that's true I, I just think he's great. He, right. He's he's so fun, mm. so much fun, so interesting. I would love to see him live. I right. can't even imagine what that's like. It's got to be awesome. So. Right, and he's he's not doing any more shows anymore. That's for sure. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember when he died. It was the early two thousands, late nineties. I can't remember. I can't remember either. I can't remember either. But yeah. All right. Interesting. Well, thank you for uh, jogging my memory by us going down yeah. this slippery slope. <laughs> that was a cool. Well, that's a cool story, man. Hey, uh, I guess we should get on to the thing we always talk about towards the end of the show, and that's what what we watched on TV, or mainly what I watch on TV. I don't know what you do with your free time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watch <laughs> you a lot have of a TV, wife but and a life. right. Well, no, I do watch a lot of TV, but a lot of you know we have a lot of overlap. You and I, yeah. we, we overlap with. Certainly with uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, which I assume we were segueing into at this very moment. Well, there's a couple other shows I want to talk about, too, but Fear of the Walking Dead is the one that we both watch. Right. And the last episode we saw was the one where the only thing I really remember from the whole damn episode is they walked the zombies off the pier. Right. That they did. At the hotel. and. Uh -huh. uh, because I felt like the rest of the episode was really boring. I can't remember a single thing that it was about. <laughs> well, there, there was, there was, you know, the love story between blood rubbing boy and his, you know, his newfound girlfriend. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. What's, what's As, the character's name? Uh, his character's name is Nick. Yeah, Nick. And his, yeah, Nick, and I, I can't remember what the girl's name is yeah. because I, I still can't believe they're trying to sell him as a heterosexual. But all right, fine. <laughs> um, well, yeah, he, the love story seems a bit contrived, you know, but eh, that's okay. They got to, they yeah, got to, they, yeah. They got to appease some people and throw in a love story here and there. I guess so. I don't know. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Doesn't make any sense to me. It's just completely dumb. You know, I don't know. I've completely lost interest in that storyline of his character. Don't of care. Nick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? I mean, do you care? No, not really. Uh, I'm. I'm maybe more. Maybe I'll care I, next time. But yeah, I'm interested in the guy he's hanging out with. The guy who's got bitten yet never turned. I want to find out what the truth is behind that story. Uh, who's the character? Yeah. Ram is it Ramon or Alejandro? Don't or <laughs> Don't care. That's pretty bad. Don't know, don't that care. That almost sounds yeah. kind of ethnist. <laughs> <laughs> By just th yeah. throwing, throwing out a bunch of Spanish names and hoping one will stick. To, right. <laughs> whatever the case. <laughs> right. The, uh, the older guy in the story who who's the leader of the, I don't know what they're calling it, the the hilltop oh, of the city uh, community. They have a name for it, and it's like it's like what's the, it's the Spanish word for community or something. I can't even remember now. I'm racist, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mainly mainly it's because I just really don't care um, mm -hmm. what happens there. Maybe it'll get interesting again. Like I said, I was I'm interested in finding out what the truth is behind him being bitten and not turning into a zombie. And then you and I both are interested in the Chris and uh, Travis. Uh, storyline to see where that's going to go. Definitely interested in that, yeah. Right. But they didn't Not show them in, at all. Nope, they weren't on at all. Not interested in the people at the hotel. 
Don't really care what happens to any of them. Right. Um, I thought it was funny, too. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Didn't that remind you of the the scene from Walking Dead where they're trying to march all the zombies away from Alexandria? I didn't even think of that. I just thought, well, they're going to fall in the water and they don't die so they can wash ashore and come back and get you any time. Yeah, I well, just like it's, it, they were. I know they're supposed to be a strong riptide. But. Yeah, so hopefully, of course, I think it's going to backfire, and they're just going to end up with thousands of freaking zombies coming up on the beach. Yeah, because, I mean, that was the thing I was thinking. I was like, okay, I know they say, oh, there's a strong riptide, but what's going to keep the zombies from walking? They they don't die, so they, they've they shown them alive in water before, Yeah. Uh, on the other show anyway. Well, um, so mm. what would keep them from walking underwater until they got to the beach well i guess if they got eat slowly eaten away by sharks and other fish that's a possibility i guess that's a possibility i don't know it just was like crabs (laughs) if crabs ate their feet off they couldn't walk at all ew (laughs) ew that's gross yes ew but you're right that's true yeah didn't think about that yeah so yeah yeah i mean i and i guess there's still all the people at the hotel trying to work together, I, and the, all the drama between the people in the hotel, and, and the, um, yeah, the staff, the staff and the and the guests, the animosity between them. Right. Yeah, which will probably result in somebody else dying unnecessarily. Right. But it wouldn't be a show if people didn't die unnecessarily. Yeah, you got to have drama. <laughs> it's true. You got to have drama on a um, drama <laughs> series. On a drama series, I guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, I watched Talking Dead after that. Right. Um, they had the guy who played the guy you're interested in, the the um, guy who's been bitten but didn't turn. Right. And um, the, they had the girl who is who, the hotel. I thought they had the girl who kissed Nick. Oh, that's right. They had that girl. That right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she looked completely different than she does on the show. That's why I, I couldn't recognize her. Right. And then they had uh, the guy who's in the band on um, in the Roots, who's on. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Whatever his name is. Que- yeah, I can't. It's not Questlove, is it? No. Was it Questlove? Not, no, it's not Questlove. No, it's Reggie. Reggie something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who Reggie. Yeah, is. he he was on. He he used to be the uh, musical guy on Comedy Bang Bang, also. Oh really? Yeah. Comedy bang bang. What's comedy bang bang? Oh, it was. I guess it was a, a Comedy Central show. It's kind of like a spoof talk show of sorts. I don't hmm. know. You'll, you'll have to. I don't think I ever saw that. Yeah, yeah. It's it, now now Weird Al Yankovic is the uh, musical guy on comedy. Really? Ba- on, I don't uh, think it's on. On uh, uh, it can't be on Comedy Central. I've never seen it, and I watched Comedy Central. I I know what's on that show. I on that channel. It must be something I don't watch. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe not interesting. Maybe not interesting <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's kind of a almost like a fake talk show where the host well, is very. It's not the Eric Andre show. No, 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 no. This is a, uh, a extremely white guy. Kind of looks like Howdy Doody without the red hair. Because <laughs> you know, sometimes I see the ads for the Eric Andre show, and I think, oh my god, am I just too old to get this? And then I realize, <laughs> no, it's just that I'm sober and fairly intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know the the funny th- the funny thing is the older I get the the more shows are like that. I know. I always hate that too because I hated when I was younger when old people would be like, "Oh, I hate this show. They're always running around and it's crazy and blah blah blah." <laughs> and I'm like, "That's what makes that show great." But the Eric <laughs> right. Andre show just mm. makes me want to kill myself. I can't stand it. Oh, it's too wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yes, it's it's almost like it's like an ambush talk show of sorts. 
completely underground weird way, yes. Right. You don't because you don't know if the guests are in on what the hell is going on or if it's just completely ambush uh interviews and things like that and right. strange occurrences right. and the crazy guy who uh is the sidekick on that show. I cannot remember his name. Does oh, you know, I hate strange him too. Thing. I hate him. <laughs> Hannibal Burris? Uh, yes, he just stands off in the background sometimes and, and creeps people I can't out. Stand him, yeah, yeah. I cannot stand that guy. Um, and I love Eric Andre. He's been on some other shows that yeah. I've liked. He was on The Big Bang, not Big Bang. He was on Two Broke Girls for a while, and oh, he's been okay. on. He was oh. on something else that I, I really like him. He's an interesting guy. But that show, I I just can't watch it because I'm old, right? And I don't get it. Well. I- you know, I think he's trying to stretch the uh, the bounds of uh, comedy and what you know what is acceptable on TV. I just don't know. It's uh, it's definitely yeah. a, it's a mind fuck of a show, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm just I not sure that's... how how clever well, it is or I, not. It really it, right, and I think that's part of what I don't like. I hate shows where someone gets ambushed and they don't know what's going on. Right, I mean, that's why. Mm-hmm. Like last week we were talking about the the roast with Ann Coulter. It's right. like it's just uncomfortable because she, apparently she didn't know what a roast was and she didn't get it. Yeah. And that's just uncomfortable. But right. when you watch a roast and everyone knows what it's about and that it's about saying horrible things to each other that are funny, yeah. then it's great fun. Right. When everybody's but, laughing, it, it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I hate to see people put on the spot. I hate yeah. that. That's that kind of stuff right. bugs the shit out of me. Eric Andre, so anyway. yeah, Eric Andre has a lot of the physical gags and stuff. It's almost like a jackass talk show. It is exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly like that. Yeah. It really is. And yeah. I yeah. And it, it's funny because, you know, it's the same thing with like the jackass shows. I like the 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 um, and movies. I like the bits where they do crazy stuff. That's fine. Yeah. But when they put someone out on the street who's acting goofy like and right. and people around don't know if it's re- a real thing or not. Yeah. I, I hate that. shit. It's a yeah. It's, it just it, bugs me. It's definitely uncomfortable. It, it takes you out of your comfort zone for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I know that's part of what it's supposed to do. But I think what, what I hate most is I, I hate people who enjoy that it, it just seems um, like you're a shitty person if you really if you like watching <laughs> yeah. something like that i think you're a shitty person i'm sorry i do right yeah because i, I think when you're doing comedy like that you're you know they're saying really good comedy punches up well stuff like that punches down meaning you know kind of making fun or taking advantage of of people less fortunate than yourself if you want to put it that way somebody's yeah yeah you know that's like i uh, and the same thing with the ann coulter thing i fucking hate her but it was totally cringeworthy to watch her get ambushed on that roast it just at, yeah. at some point i wanted them to stop and say ann this is how roasts work um i don't know anyway well, maybe maybe it's a great insight into what ann coulter is maybe she really is just that stupid in that sort well, of I way guess, it's uh I yeah it's, I, it's, I guess i already knew that so it didn't show me anything new that i didn't already know <laughs> well i i always thought she was just a very um sociopathic intelligent person but it's really well, just yeah. the opposite she's a sociopathic not very smart person idiot idiot yeah yeah it's um it's i mean you yeah know, it's very we're weird get into politics again but i know i'm sorry yeah 
Okay. But yeah. And, and sorry, listeners. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm I, sure there's somebody out in our listening audience who really likes Ann Coulter. Uh, you know, and I almost said, well, then stop listening. But right. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think there are anybody. I mean, I mean, I just, yeah, I can't imagine someone who who digs our show like an Ann Coulter. Well, that's do, no, that's again. that's true. Um, yeah, I guess on some level it was kind of misogynistic to <laughs> treat her like that. But like well, I like I, I said last week, though, because she's a woman. She, well. Okay. All right. It's because she's an idiot. <laughs> well, th- no, that's true. It's true. Stupid woman. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah, because anybody who has any sense knows that a Comedy Central roast is the going to be the most vile thing, and everybody is punching at everybody else. And if somebody hasn't been there before, they're going to be fair, fair game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's the whole point to me is you know that I mean you you it's funny to watch people get get bazinged on shit <laughs> that they that they know full well they did you know or whatever. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I like that kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people who the but the, when you watch a roast, most of the time everyone's in on the joke, right? And that just makes it funny to me. You're not laughing yeah. at people; you're laughing with them at their own kind of personality. And it's celebrities, sure. so of course you know a lot about them. So anyway, right. when everybody's laughing, it just, it, it's, it's certainly fun. much better, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I would, you know, if someone made fun of me in a roast type format, I think I would get it and think that it's funny. It might sting, but. If, right. You know, especially when somebody lands a really great, a, a really great one. You know, one that's just like right on the mark that nobody's ever kind of put it that way before. And yeah, there's, true. You know, those are the those are the best, man. Right. Well, and and the good thing it's very egalitarian in the sense that everybody has an opportunity to punch back. It's not. Yes. Yes. Right. In, yeah. In, you're you're going to have your shot. Yeah. Right. Including the guest of honor who was happened to be Rob Lowe. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. So, cool. All right. All right. We've so, we've beat right. we've beat the shit out of that dead horse. Well, you know, let's talk about a couple shows that I've seen lately that I love. Okay. Sounds if, good. If you don't mind, if I do. No, that so, sounds great. You know, we've talked about a couple shows on Vice. Um, the the gaycation with Ellen Page, right? Where she goes to other countries and they explore LGBT um, culture. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the show Balls Deep, where the guy kind of immerses himself in a culture and mm-hmm. and does a show about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a new show called Abandoned, hmm. and it's about um, – it's this guy who goes to basically abandoned places. There's only been a couple episodes so far, oh. um, hmm. but the guy, who, the guy who hosts it is a, is a skater. I am not familiar with him. Um, his name is – it sounds like a horrible made-up name. His name is Rick McCrank. Oh, it does. <laughs> and if that doesn't sound like a fake name, I don't know what does, but right. Um, but could be his skating name. You know, and it it could be his skating name. Um, but it's funny because and he's got to be. I mean, maybe he's only in his late thirties. He certainly looks like he could be forty. Um, so he's an adult. You know, it's yeah. and so when I when I first you know, and I I'm sure you've seen online they have these videos where people have gone into abandoned malls and taken video and photos. Yes. Of these old abandoned malls. Well, right. it, it's kind of based on that 
idea. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of what the first one was. The first one was he went to some abandoned malls. He he talked to some. It was really interesting because what's great about the show is I thought it might be, OK, here's this skateboard guy. He's going to go to these abandoned malls and they're going to look at how it's torn up and talk about it's torn up and tear it up more. And mm-hmm. he's going to skate through it. And that's going to be the show. Right. Well, it's way better than that. It's a it's an amazing show oh. because he has a real reverence for the places he goes. The second episode, which was the first one I actually saw, he goes to um, these little communities along the coast in Canada, in Newfoundland. Mm. And, and the, government actually paid people to move out of these little small towns that were 50, 60 people because it was cheaper to move 50 or 60 people to a big city instead of bringing electricity and services to the little uh, coastline town they lived in. Right. And so um, so there's so he goes to these abandoned little towns along the uh, the Newfoundland coast. And, you know, it's beautiful to look at. I don't know. I've always liked decaying architecture and, and, and buildings and stuff. Right. For, to me, for some reason, they're really pretty. But yeah. did you ever do that he, when he, you were a little kid? Go to like abandoned houses and just uh, look around at shit and find weird. Artifacts? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So fun. And, uh, and uh, you know, as a kid, I tore stuff up that we shouldn't have torn up. You well, know. you know, that's kids. We're kids, yeah. yeah when you're in your um, late 30s, you, you have a tendency not to do that and have maybe a little more reverence for the history of a place. And that's what's really great about this show. That's exactly what he does. He goes to these places, and you're expecting him to be kind of this snarky skater dude with an attitude who's going to, mm. you know, be – put stuff down and you, yeah. you know and it's completely the opposite he, hmm. he like in the one where he goes to Newfoundland he talks to the there was he meets this guy who was basically the last guy to move out of one of these little cities who uh, who now lives in a bigger city and oh, they go wow. over on a boat and explore the little town he used to live in mm-hmm. and, and the guy speaks Canadian he speaks in a Canadian accent and is almost they had to put up subtitles because it's really difficult to understand him <laughs> he was almost unintelligible but almost unintelligible just because of his thick accent of being a Newfoundlander or right. whatever they would be called. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this guy who hosts the show, this uh, Rick McCrank, sits down and talks to him and, and lets him talk about it. And it just it just, you um, know, it had a real reverence and a real um, just a, this wonderful feeling that made you think this was he's he's kind of celebrating our decaying culture in some yeah. or the decaying parts of our culture i don't know it's but a fantastic it's, show and it's and it's on the uh the canadian coastline so it's got to be beautiful vistas oh gorgeous yeah. gorgeous hmm. i mean but then like the first episode which i saw second he goes into some old abandoned malls and mm-hmm. they're just really interesting and you know beautiful in their own way but he talks to some guys who kind of um, uh, spend time at the, one of the guys like has the keys to the mall. He's like the caretaker. And, you know, they talk about how it was a place when they were kids that they went all the time. This mall was the center of the community. Yeah. And, you know, it, you could tell they had a real emotional connection with this old abandoned mall that was torn up and, sure. and that they really hated to see it torn up like that. Yeah. And it was just like, it's you know, of, it, it wasn't. It was part of their childhoods. Uh, yeah. It's part of American culture, you know. True. Malls, you know, for people our age, malls were were almost like communal spaces, like almost like churches, in a way. In a way, um, 
And um, so anyway, I'm just really impressed with this show. And then it always it has great, fantastic kind of somber music, too. Uh, and so it, it just has a real ethereal, otherworldly feel to it hmm. that's kind of beautiful and raw and and then at the end the best part of the show is at the end they play some music and they just show like um still shots well they're not really still shots but it's like you know they'll show some of the people that you've seen in the show kind of standing there posing for the camera without moving almost like a video uh, portrait right and with this with this great somber music and it just has a wow. real you feel like you visited someplace special on this like show a, i don't like know like a, a shrine or a, a graveyard even yeah 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 wow. like you have you have spent some time in a place that may not be there 10 years from now right. and and of course when you're older too you realize you know like the the guy he talked to who lived off the newfoundland coast you know, when that guy dies and and people uh, who were in his community die in a few years, mm -hmm. that way of life will be forgotten. That town that right. they lived in will be forgotten. It's already a ghost town. Right. Kids won't know. And that's the other thing they talk about. So, a lot of these towns turn into these ghost towns because most of the young people move away. Right. They don't um, want to stay in that podunk town, right? Right. Yeah. And they went to uh, they went to they went to some towns that were small but hadn't been shut down yet. And one of them, there were like three kids in the school and Ooh, they were all like yeah. seven and eight years old because all of the kids who were older move away. Yeah. And uh, and then he yeah. met some other teenagers. There were three teenage boys he met and talked. That's the other cool thing. He'll just meet people randomly when he's out there filming and he'll talk to them for a little bit and he met uh -huh. like these three teenagers and the, you know they talked about how there were no girls their age in the town they live in oh my god and um it's gotta yeah, be it very was, frustrating yeah no lie <laughs> it was it was just really it's just really a cool show i i i was completely surprised at how great it was wow. i just thought it would be maybe some cool images of some torn up malls and you know things like that there's it's way deeper than that and they do it super well and and um well, it, I, anyway it's one of those shows i hope everybody sees because it's so good well it sounds fascinating i think i might have to uh, program my dvr to record a few episodes of that just to see what see what it's all about but uh yeah, sounds very yeah. interesting it's like it, uh, yeah it's, it's it's like it's like untold or unseen history yeah i think so too it's That's, like one of those it's almost like um like a what do you call it when like an archaeologist and a and almost like a time capsule kind of a thing where, you know, hopefully these right. shows will be around for people to see years from now yeah. to see some things. that I mean, who knows? Maybe by the time, maybe 20 years from now, by the time, uh, who knows when we'll die. But, you know, maybe the next generation after we're gone, there may not be such a thing as a mall anymore. No, I mean, with every, online shopping right. and all these other things. Everything's, yeah, Amazon. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's, you know, the, the, it's, there's a chance that, like, kids who would uh, be our grandchildren's age mm -hmm. or great-grandchildren's age may not know what a bookstore is, well, you know? Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, you know? It's already uh, becoming like that. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. It'd probably be, uh, you know, just nothing but big box stores and uh online shopping and uh, yeah who knows even if I the mean, big box stores will survive how long they can survive yeah right it's and it, it and in, in that same way it also makes you kind of appreciate what 
you know, things that you take for granted, like a shopping mall. I mean, I'm not trying to say a shopping mall is the greatest place in the world, but no. even for us as teenagers, you know, we, we all went to malls, you know, to go to a mall. For me, it was always the record store, you know, to go to the mall and buy records at the record store was one of the greatest things Absolutely. in the world when I was a kid. I loved it so much. I could spend hours in a record store. Right. And um, it was either the record store or the chess king. Chess was King like, was a clothing store, wasn't right. it? Right. Okay. Yeah, you know what the Chess King yeah, was. Yeah, I've been to but Chess was, King. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you could get the, the modern 80s fashions there for men. Yes. We didn't – I don't think we had one in my – in the mall by my house, okay. which surprises me. But uh, um, we had we had a Judy's. Did you ever go to a Judy's? No, I have no idea what a Judy's is. So a Judy's was mainly a girl, a, a women's girl's fashion store, but they had modern 80s clothing. And then they had just a tiny selection for guys. And uh, I bought okay. a shirt at I bought a shirt one time at Judy's. It was pink and it I think it buttoned up on the shoulder or something. It was no, I don't remember. It was odd looking anyway. My mom always called it my Polish bowling shirt. <laughs> <laughs> But I love that shirt. I thought it was the coolest shirt in the world. I wore it until it fell apart, basically. But was that kind of a rockabilly shirt? Kinda, yeah, yeah. It was like a. It was like I think it was pink with black trim uh, around the shoulder area and maybe down the 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 button down the front. I can't remember. I don't even think I have a picture of me in it. But Hmm. um, I just she always made fun of that shirt, and I loved it more than anything. It was the coolest shirt I owned. Right. I I remember I had a lot of. Amazingly colorful uh, shirts from Chess King, which was in uh, Highland Mall in Austin whenever we would make it to Austin. Back when I was still living in LaGrange. I'm sure, you know, I grew up near Clear Lake in Baybrook Mall, which is huge now still, um, and they they keep adding to it. what was a huge mall when I was a teenager, and that's where I went. And I'm, you know, I feel I know I've seen chess kings. Maybe I just never went in one for whatever reason. I don't oh, know. Oh man, you missed out. Or good I shit. I guess so. Cause, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, back well, in the well, day. Well, and I was always, <laughs> I was always poor too. It was always hard. I I uh, shopped a lot at Goodwill when I was a teenager and well, uh, in my twenties. Pr- you probably did a lot better by doing that. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, you, I, you, I used. You got all the clothes that people had purchased at Chess Kings, and then turned around and and gave them yeah. to Goodwill, and you probably got them at you know one quarter of the price. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, off, I always loved uh, and still do. Uh, you know, when you could find a T-shirt with a logo on it for something that you had no idea what that logo was for. Oh yeah, <laughs> all the better. Yeah, I got one one time when I was a kid. We were on vacation somewhere, and I got a T-shirt that said "The Bigfoot Remnant Shop," and I loved that. It was just a, a oh, black, yeah. a white, a white T-shirt with a black footprint on the front, and it said "Bigfoot Remnant Shop," and nice. I just thought that was the coolest shirt ever. That yeah. is cool. All we right. slowly sloped down to T-shirts, but um, I know. Yay. Do you have one, another show one, that you wanted to talk about? Uh, well, I just wanted to mention, I know you're not watching Mr. Robot. No. It just gets better and better and better every episode. It's probably the only show on TV that I really don't know exactly what the fuck is going on in this wow. show. It's so hard to keep up with because there's characters and there's it's Ooh. a pretty complex plot. And you almost need crib notes and uh, Venn diagrams to keep up with what's <laughs> going on. I was afraid you'd say that. Damn, now I, now I have to watch it shit 
<laughs> well, I think, too, watching it on DVD where you can binge watch it and not be a week between shows where you're like, yeah. wait, what character is that again? Yeah, what that, happened with that character? Right. Well, that's that's how I watched Lost. I watched like five seasons, binge watched it uh, online. And uh, yeah, it helped a lot in keeping shit straight. If, if that's I, even yeah, possible. I think that's what, yeah, I think that's definitely, I mean, I, you know, I've watched Mr. Robot uh, and I've only missed a couple episodes uh, over the last two seasons, but I need, I would buy season, I need to buy out season one and watch it, binge watch it so I can, you know, keep up with what happens in it because it's it, stuff that happened in the first season is coming back on, on the second season and you're like, oh, wow, what's going on? I'm still trying to keep up with what's going on. Right. But okay. One thing. One thing that's really cool that they did that, you know, mm-hmm. this is the thing about the show, too. I, I, it's definitely made to be watched more than once because because there's just so much to keep up with. So do you know the actor B.D. Wong? He's a Asian guy. He, he's been in stuff for years. OK, such as I I don't I can't think of a single thing. Uh, um, OK, but but um he he so he i haven't seen him for a while so he played a character in in Mr. Robot he played a very very um powerful businessman asian businessman hmm okay and so so there's a scene during a, a few episodes back where he's talking to this FBI agent yeah and again i don't know why i can't remember exactly what's going on but he's showing her around his house and he takes her to this room and there's a, a closet full of uh, girls clothes and he's talking about how they're his sister's clothes okay didn't think any, didn't think anything of it so mm-hmm. then uh, the next episode there's the pow- this powerful asian woman and she's talking about all, some things she's done in the past where she's slyly done things to make other things happen. You know, she's obviously a powerful, uh, manipulative person. Yeah. So, th- so then I see an interview with B.D. Wong where he's talking about how he plays a character who, who is a female that dresses as a man oh. because men are more respected. And, <laughs> and I realize, oh, my God, that's him playing both of those characters, one as a female, one as a male. Okay, was and, that a and, spoiler for you or you just should have known that? No, no, that? no, no. I should have known that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if I should have known that. I think it was like one of those things where everyone figures it out on, on their own at a certain place and goes, ah, oh, my God, oh. I didn't even realize. All right. Because um, I, I didn't even realize, actually, until the episode I watched uh, last night where they had this this crazy scene that mm-hmm. was really Lynchian where this okay. girl's in a room with a little girl asking her questions. And yeah. um, and it's just weird, weird, weird. All right. And then the Asian woman comes in and she's talking and I went, that's fucking BD Wong. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Okay. It just hit well, me. Bam. You know? Yeah. Wow. All it's right. a really cool little thing that they did that I'm not even sure if I hadn't seen the interview with BD Wong where he says he's playing a, a, a female who dresses as a male to be to appear more powerful you would have never i don't know that i it, ever no. would have put it together Damn. i don't know if i ever would have well that's yeah because that's it's interesting interesting how he, yeah perceptions are... yeah he just does it so well he and he yeah it, it it's not like bd wong in a lady's wig and makeup right. you know it's it, very it, believable it look yeah amazing amazing okay. job if he doesn't get some kind of emmy there's a sin right. um but anyway Okay, tell me no more. Uh, I, I I have to watch. I start watching it now. I don't want too many spoilers. 
<laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Well, it's a but, great show. Yeah, great, but, great, great show. Right, but that's probably not exactly a very big spoiler. All right, man. Yeah. I think we're uh, we're kind of cruising into the uh, finish line here. Okay, I only wanted to say one more thing, and I, I was <laughs> going to say this at the beginning of the show. I was, yes. I was going to say it at the beginning of the show, but I wanted right. to save it towards the end. Sure. Uh, you know, it's it's our that time of the week where we talk about people we lost this week. Oh. Um, okay. You know, I don't want. The, I, I'm afraid this will become part of the show every week, but well, that's okay. Um, we, uh, we lost the... Alexis Arquette. Right. Um, yeah, you know Alexis Arquette. She was a, oh, a transgendered person. That's right. I'm sorry. I, I I was jumping the gun there. But yeah, Alexis Arquette, yeah. right? So uh, David Arquette and uh, all the other Arquettes. Uh, sis, uh, Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Yes. Brother They're, becomes sister. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So and they still haven't said or I haven't read exactly why she passed away. I don't know what happened. She was fairly young. I think 46. Yeah. Um, something like that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, just sad. Sad to hear. So R.I.P. Alexis and yes. um. And yeah, Hatchet Face, man, from Crybaby. Right, Hatchet Face from Crybaby died. Mm -hmm. uh, Kim McGuire, I remember I read somewhere how old she was, because she was 60. Uh, and I, I was like, I was surprised she was, I think she was in her 30s when she made that movie. Okay. And she looks mm -hmm. much younger um, mm -hmm. when she made Crybaby. So. Yes. Anyway, that was just kind of sad to hear, unexpected as well. So right, I mean, at a relatively young age, I mean, sixties yeah, really yeah. not that old these days. Not that old anymore, right? Yeah, I just thought it was brave of her too to play that character because she certainly was not an unattractive person in real life. Um, no. I mean, not the most beautiful person you ever saw, but certainly, you know, right. she, she really played that character well because she she made herself hideous for that role. And that takes real, yeah. real, you know, you got to be strong to do that. Well, she would do anything to be in a Waters film. Well, I would too, so. <laughs> sure, there you go. Good point. All right, man, is it... Uh, um, uh, oblique strategies time oh yes it is it's oblique strategies time let's jump right in i've got one in my hand right, right now here we go okay. buddy i'm ready question the heroic question ah. the heroic hmm the password is question hmm. the heroic wow hmm. <laughs> password is <clears throat> flaming you <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a family guy bit um right. okay uh question, question the heroic, heroic. See, I like that one a little better. That one's much more vague. It, it, you have. If you're in certain situations, you have to really think about. Well, what is the heroic here? Right. I you mean, know, one person's heroic is another person's foolhardy. True that. So yes, you got You got to see. Good point. You got to see which side you fall on that. You know, and it's a right, it, it's right. a case by case thing. That's a great phrase, man. Is that something you've heard before? Or did you just come up with that? No, I just I just kind of popped into my head. That's a really that's a that's pretty astute observation, my friend. Uh, I like well, that. Thank you it's very true. much. It's true. Okay. It's so true. One person's I like that better than the card. One person's heroic <laughs> is another person's foolhardy. Boy, that is the truth. Well, that is the truth. We can come up with our own um, deck of cards called. <laughs> 
Slippery Ob- slopes. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Just <laughs> oblique strategies explained. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oblique strategies rephrased. <laughs> yeah, but but I no, I, actually, I kind of do like your idea. Slippery slopes. I'll I'll get to work on that uh, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we can have slippery slopes. They should be conversation starters that get you the the that just get you sliding into some Ooh. kind of random conversation. You know what? That that could be a million dollar idea. <laughs> oh, hey man. It's no sliced bread, but yeah, and it's it's no throwing balls against a wall for big money. <laughs> you brought it back home. You rock, man. Awesome. <laughs> you brought it all the way around. Oh man, there you did a callback. <laughs> Boom! Wow. All right. I know I talk a lot, but you are the real star of the show, my friend. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm just happy to be o- occupying the same airspace as you, so it's all good, oh, brother. Well, the feeling is mutual. Well, another good episode. I had a great time, man. So did I. I don't know that we have, uh, I don't think we have any real um, uh, outings planned for any time soon, but I'm sure we'll come up with something at some point. So Yeah, we'll, we'll always have good conversations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great to catch up with you. Yeah, had a, man. Had, it was a good time tonight. I hope the uh, listeners out there uh, feel the same way. So Me too. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and close it out and say slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. Lodger out and deplorable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's another callback. Well done. Well done. We did, we did two callbacks. Yes. Oh. We were calling all over the place. <laughs> That's a show. That's a show. show. Oh, yeah.